everyone, this is Abby and welcome to Cafe con Abby. I hope you are starting your day right, ending it nicely, or just in between. Whatever it is, I hope you listen with an open heart and, more importantly, with a mind that's engaged. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Well, good morning, sweet one. Today's episode is titled, When Hurt Seems to Overwhelm Your Heart. I'm going to start with Psalms 47. And on my blog post, you will have a link there to a, a Francesca La Rosa that has composed music to the Psalms that I really encourage you to listen to. theme in this psalm is God is still king of the world all nations of the earth will eventually recognize his lordship and the author is the sons of Korah these are the temple assistants for the director of music of the sons of Korah a psalm clap your hands all you nations shout to God with cries of joy for the Lord most high is awesome the great king over all the earth he subdued nations under us peoples under our feet He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God, as the people of the God of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. I'm going to be sharing a little excerpt from this book, Happiness is a Serious Problem, a Human Nature Repair Manual. This is by Dennis Prager, and um, this is specifically from chapter 17, Seeing Yourself as a Victim. And while we're not going to disregard that, there are lots of victims in this um, movement of false teaching and the word of faith and NAR. It is really a turn of your heart to another truth. And I think he does a wonderful job talking about our perspective here. And so the first thing he starts off with is the joy of victimhood. And this is a direct quote from him. There are some clear rules about happiness. One is that you cannot be happy if your primary identity is that of a victim, even if you really are one and he goes on to list some of the reasons here that this statement is true and so I'm just going to go ahead and list them off for you the first one people who regard themselves as victims do not see themselves as in control of their lives whatever happens in their lives happens to them not by them People who primarily regard themselves as victims see the world as unfair to them in particular. 
Just as the young student who always sees himself as being picked on is an unhappy soul, so is the person who carries that attitude into adulthood. People who regard themselves primarily as victims are angry people, and an angry disposition renders happiness impossible. The last one, people who have chosen to regard themselves as victims cannot allow themselves to enjoy life because enjoying life would challenge their perception of themselves as victims. Now, the reason why this really stood out to me is I recall whenever I was part of a Pentecostal church and we did revival in the summer. I remember one evening during that revival time that I had... um, just broken down and was crying and was having a good old pity party. I am embarrassed to even recall that moment, but looking back, it was um, noting that I was really, you know, seeing myself as this victim of, you know, the way my life had, had been as a young girl and everything that had led up to me being, you know, there living with my grandmother and it was just an overwhelming sense of I was not in control and I was just wallowing in this, you know, despair, having that pity party. And then another young girl joined me and we both just were hugging each other, crying. And, you know, her dad had left her mom and her. And so she was crying about that and I was crying about my situation. And, you know, it just really brings to light how I really was stuck in this victimhood And um, more in this book, in this chapter, he talks about how there's like five types of victims, right? So we have victims of their childhood, victims of of membership in a group, victims of whatever makes them different, victims of perceived slights, and victims of deserved consequences. So of course we all know that growing up in this world, our parents are imperfect and we've been hurt a lot of times by things that have happened to us because of our parents and so it's common that we you know have those problems because of things that they've done or you know chosen to do or not to do Um, but whenever you carry that load of you know because of my parents this or whatever it's just going to bring you misery you're not going to be able to be happy because you're carrying that with you and so one thing that we have to um, think about and be careful of is where are we putting all of our focus and energy on is it because uh, or is it your past you know what your parents didn't do for you or you know what they did do or anything like that and we just kind of leave the responsibility on because of the past then we're unhappy and that's just not you know a correct way to live your life um the second victimhood that he talked about was you know they were not personally uh, victimized but but because they were part of a group that had been victimized they were carrying this this load, this um, identity of victimhood. And we have to really be careful with that also because, you know, if nothing has been done to you specifically, but because you're part of this group, um, you're going to live a life that is very skewed and um, biased in a, in a way, you know, and I'm not going to say that that's not... Um, 
true, you know, that whatever group was victimized, whatever they went through is, I'm not taking it lightly at all because there are things that are done and they're not justified, right? This is the sad world that we live in. There's evils everywhere, you know, because people innately without any moral standards are going to be evil and do what, you know, they deem right. And so we have to be careful not to let that keep us in this anger towards people. Um, because um, it just it's going to keep you limited into how to address that. And then, of course, blaming your unhappiness on whatever it is that makes you different. And sometimes we'll say, well, if I wasn't, you know, poor, or if I was... If I had a a family that, you know, did this or, I mean, you could just fill in the blank with whatever, you know, reason you would give it that you were unhappy. Um, So we just have to be mindful that because we're different, it's not necessarily something that makes or should make you unhappy, right? Um, We're creating a problem and it's, it's something that may not even really be real it may not just because you're different in a certain area or certain thing that might not be um, something that you are giving that power to be unhappy for and um, keeps you kind of stagnant in your life so you know just being careful of that and then the fourth group they he talked about was um, victims of perceived slights so one of the examples he gave was when people get insulted um, through whenever you go to pay for something and the cashier checks your bill, you know, if it's a large quantity or denomination, then they have to make sure that it's genuine or counterfeit, right? And I remember working as a cashier in high school that we were taught you just check it regardless. It doesn't matter if they get upset with you. That's part of your job. You have to make sure you check it. And so in this book he talks about how it's a perceived insult right people get insulted because you're checking and you're because you're checking then you're kind of uh, implying that they're being dishonest or you can't trust them or anything like that and it makes me think of those Walmart um, greeters right whenever they're checking your ticket at the end when you've completed your shopping you've paid and then you have your receipt and you keep it out and how many people get so frustrated when they stop you and say can I take a look at your receipt right and they're ugly to them and they're just doing their job there's no reason why you should get upset they're just doing their job and if there's nothing that you know you've done wrong then hey it's just let it go um so just little things like that that make people unhappy and then the last group of the victims was that they've been victimized by their own behavior and then they blame the deserved consequences of that behavior on others so you know here he lists uh three examples from that it's the workers who are fired because of continuing irresponsible behavior they blame their unemployment on the person who fired them the student who fails their exams and blames their poor grades on their teacher the woman who repeatedly Women who repeatedly fall for creepy men ignore good men who are attracted to them and then blame men for their social woes. And these people are victims of their own behavior and happiness will elude them until they come to realize this. So 
I just think that those were some great examples, right? Things that we've done or, you know, red flags that we've had in our lives that we don't pay attention to and then we do the we make the choice and then we're stuck with the consequence but we want to blame everything else and my my thing that I talked about in that last um, episode was blaming the enemy right blaming the the devil because he was out to get me because I was trying to get closer to God and so not realizing there's some truth in you know things that are happening around me and people making their own choices and so he goes on in this chapter to um, talk about how um, why this victimhood is um, something that people find you know appealing and I'm just going to read the titles of the paragraphs and not read the actual paragraphs um, but I do encourage you to get you know this copy of this book as it really um, talks about you know happiness and how our world has kind of distorted that whole term. So it says, um, it's easier to blame others than to confront life and oneself, right? So we have, it's so much easier, you know how they say you're pointing a finger out, but look at the three that are pointing back at you or four that are, it's easier to find fault in others than to look within ourselves and see, you know, what is it in me that I keep doing this thing or am I doing everything I can to help my situation and help me you know focus on what's real and what's what I need to change if I need to change anything and then also the next thing he says is that victims get sympathy that I've been a victim here then you get sympathy and um, that's something that we do have to be careful with because even though you might be a victim right that doesn't mean that you don't deserve uh, compassion, right? But compassion to me, you know, like real love will help you to sort it out and give you a solution. And um, I don't remember where I heard this said, but you know, you talk about problems, but always follow up with a, pro- a possible solution. And whenever we just want sympathy, I really don't want you to tell me what to do or what to fix. I just want you to, you know, listen. And while there are moments that we do need to just listen, you know, are we willing to let people help us and see the truth in our situation? And then um, he goes on to say it's easier not to take control of your life. Right now in our society, we know that critical thinking is something that um, unfortunately is lacking even in school everything is you know fed to you this is how you take a test and you bubble in the answer but there's not any open-ended like I used to do with our you know when I taught English the open-ended subjective part of the tests were ones that I really could tell whether a student had knowledge or not not you know necessarily the uh, one where you just pick the right answer because I, I've spoken to several students where they said that they had well my mom always told me that if I don't know the answer just pick C and it, it's usually right or you know we had some that they would do any mini miny mo and whatever it landed on that was it so it's very interesting to see that another thing was self-pity is addictive and like I shared with that story of, you know, me being having my pity party and then having a friend join me 
it is feeling you have of well I don't I want to be sad and I want to cry because I, I deserve it I deserve to cry and I deserve to you know to wallow in this because of everything that's happened right but the thing is it is destructive to you like he talks about it's a something that paralyzes you there's no action it's destructive to others because there is a built-up anger that happens right and revenge all of these things that we're told in the scripture to stay away from and not do and there's a reason for that anger is something that um, feeds the flesh the the way that you want to handle problems When you handle it in anger, uh, most of the time it's done and then you walk in regret for whatever was said or done in that moment of anger. So just a caution. And then um, he talks about it's hard to mature. So the ultimate reason people take on a victim mentality is immaturity. It's maturity to avoid tempting but destructive choices. It takes maturity to want to be in control of your life and not to be controlled. And it takes maturity not to allow yourself in times of crisis to wallow in self-pity. And he goes on to say, The problem in our time is that maturity is not high on the list of goals we offer the next generation. Right? I don't know when was the last time I ever heard, What's your goal in life? Oh, to be mature. Um, Unfortunately, people say, Adulting is hard. I don't want to adult. You know, that little clip of, that voiceover where she's talking about something that you that was hyped up but it's not what it what everybody made it out to be and she's like adulting we need to make sure that we're we're telling our youth and people that living life is hard we're in a world where people make choices and unfortunately sometimes those choices do affect you and sometimes those choices have consequences that it's not fair it's not fair what what has happened but in here in the psalms and something that i talked about before is the sovereignty of god right and he is the one that's on the throne and we have to realize that there is um a way a person to to go to a our creator i mean who better than to go to than our our creator that knows this world inside out he created it he knows how we function he knows what we need and that is just the best advice is to go to our creator god and to see what it is that he tells us to do to stay away from i don't believe that you know happiness is something that we should avoid um it's something that has been distorted in this world and especially when we've been hurt i understand your heart hurts you're overwhelmed and sometimes some days you just want to cry some days you just want to be alone Um, but the thing about this episode is i encourage you to not stay in that spot not stay in that place and to seek out those that can lift you up and like I've said, when I struggled with depression, Psalms was my go-to. Psalms always brought me joy because it made my focus turn from, you know, my situation to the one that's in control. 
and realizing that, you know, if I pray and I ask for his help and his wisdom, he promises in his word that he will give us wisdom. And he has, you know, given us his word for a reason. It's not something that we should take lightly and take for granted. And so I hope and um, encourage you to kind of start to see, are you stuck in this hurt? You know, the churches that you went to um, that led you astray, the false teachers that have given you um, words from the word of God that they twisted to make out these lies. You know, are you angry towards them? And while there is a righteous anger, right? We are told to, to not sin in our anger and to pray for them that their hearts be convicted of the sin that they're doing and that God would, you know, bring them back to the truth of his word and what they're doing is wrong and that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide them to repent and to turn away from it because there are so many, you know, people, beautiful, lovely people that want to serve God and that are relying on these men of God and women of God to lead them to the right place when ultimately they're not. And that is where, you know, your hurt can cause so much anger that your anger becomes a resentment towards God, our creator, and saying, why did you allow this to happen? Why, why I was wanting to serve you, I was wanting to live a life, you know, a righteous life, a life that glorified you, but this happened, why, right? And it's okay to have these whys, it's okay to um, have doubts and things like that, but you have to ultimately go and seek this thing out, like what is truth? Truth is what sets us free. Truth is what's going to help your heart and to help you see the way that this world is functioning and why it's functioning the way it is. So I hope that your heart is um, a little bit lighter today and that you've gleaned something. Love and hugs, Abby. I hope you got something new from our time together today. Well, my prayer is that you begin to hope again, believe again, and trust God again. Until next time, let's make sure we're reading it right. Love and hugs, your gal pal, Abby.